1: In my new book, With Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com.
2: Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Gary Garth. Gary is the founder and CEO of Great Dane Ventures, Elevate.io, and the Accelerator platform. He's been featured in Inc., Forbes, Success, and many other publications. He's been a serial entrepreneur for over 20 years, started and successfully exited six companies, including large outbound sales call centers, radio ad networks, and an award-winning eight-figure digital marketing agency. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Gary is also the best-selling author of the book. You see behind him, if you're watching the video, The Zero to $100 Million Sales Blueprint. Let's go back in time just a little bit. How did you get started?
1: Get started as an entrepreneur, or started on the book.
2: Started as an entrepreneur. Let's do that first. Oh, that came first. Guys,
1: that certainly did care. I was nineteen year old, nineteen years old, living in Denmark, and I, I had this idea of uh, selling DVD players and DVD machines when that just got released, and was importing them from Denmark to, uh, for, sorry, from US to Denmark because there was a time uh, difference about six to nine months before they were published. So I figured that was a good idea, and. kind of lucky and that blew up and i opened a couple of stores and and sold that business so 19 years old and i was thrown into the entrepreneur a lot of ups and downs ever since then (laughs) but it was a good learning experience
2: for sure and obviously you've had quite a lot of success since then and a lot of those stories are in the book what inspired you to write the book
1: Yes, there are a lot of stories in the book. And um, I was motivated because uh, after selling my last business, uh, I was talking with my coach and trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Then I said, "What the heck is next?" And she was like, "What really drives you? What makes uh, what makes you feel happy?" And I was just resonating on a lot of the the feedback from people I've been training, companies I've been helping and and the compliments of saying like, "Hey, that really helped a lot. Could you put that on paper? Could you share that, and so forth?" Just fuel fuel me with motivation to try to you know accumulate all those learnings, uh, also the learnings from all the great people I've been working with over the years, and put it into a uh, into one book uh, that encompasses everything. Because I think as as you, as an entrepreneur, there's a, there's a ton of great books out there you can read. I'm an avid reader myself, but they're very subject matter specific. So I felt there was a need for a book. If you're starting a business, if you launch it, if you just launched it, and you need to have uh, the steps for that the, the the journey over the first couple of years in in sales and revenue generation, then um, then I, I believe I put everything in that book. Yes, so that was you
2: certainly did. I, when I read it, I thought this is not just a book this could easily be a couple thousand dollar course it could be a you know a high five figure six figure mastermind program there's a whole lot more it's just the start of the the tip of the iceberg so to speak now the book zero to 100 million obviously is a big range yes so that could be intimidating for someone who's on the lower end of the side Thinking well, I don't know if this is for me. I'm not trying to go to hundred million. I'm trying to face my first million or my first ten million. Yes. Talk a little bit about because you talk in the book about how you started and how you went from zero to first sale to first exit. Talk a little bit about the journey and how there's different processes depending on where you are as a entrepreneur in your journey.
1: Amen, and I tell everybody you can you can get the book and just flip to a chapter that that aligns with your the, the current journey you earn. Uh, but the, the first phase, you know, the, the, the solopreneur phase, the startup phase, the bootstrap phase, that's uh that's that's typically the tough one, right? It's common knowledge that 97% of businesses cease to exist uh within those first eight years, right? So in that phase, it's all about you in the trenches, doing everything, and it's particularly important to get sales up and running. And it's if you have the sales DNA in you, if you don't make sure that you partner up with somebody that can get that going and have sales and marketing alignment. And then the next phase is basically you start building out a team, right? And I put a lot of emphasis on that in my books as for how to hire your first VP, how to build your first sales team, how to have a sales onboarding plan, all the, the mission critical things that a lot of people forget to do because it's difference of you me selling or you're hiring one rep to do it or you're having a team of 20. Uh, and then that next phase is where I call it, that's where you almost know, need like the VP of sales uh, with, with spreadsheets. It's all about metrics, numbers, data, and you know it's really, uh, it's it's all about processes, automation, and uh, creating systems, basically. So it's almost like a, a three-step, three-phase journey, I would say, from the zero to a million, and from a million to 10, and then from 10 to 100, so to speak.
2: What are some of the biggest pitfalls that people run into during those three phases that obviously the processes you laid out so well in your book can help them avoid?
1: Yes, great question. Well, in the first phase, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's just getting some freaking clients, right? That, that's <laughs> number one objective. The second phase is then the, the the knowledge transfer. How do you document everything? How do you make sure that your reps adapt adapt those good uh, behaviors. How do you create a playbook to make sure that every follower is? Uh, and the reps, the, the mistakes is typically also that you hire one rep that's successful because a certain set of activities or skill sets, but can't necessarily be replicated that easy. So it's important to, to build out uh, a sales playbook with all the best practices. Then at the, the, the next stage is basically inefficiencies. I would say when you start to scale, you become not greedy, but you're looking to, to build the team. And all of a sudden, your closing rates start to you know, decline. Overall efficiencies drop. Uh, you spend, spend more m- money on acquiring a customer than previously. So the key is to sustain efficiency while uh, obtaining the results as you grow. That's very difficult. And many companies are uh, expecting it to some extent. They're, they're okay that there's a detrimental returns, diminishing returns after uh, after a period of time. So it's about finding that sweet spot and the the, the, the growth rate that can become sustainable and and satisfactory, so to speak.
2: I think the most, and you can confirm if if your experience backs this up, I think the most common issue that you get in the beginning of the, let's say, the zero to 1 million, the whole, I'm the only one who can do it or I do it better <laughs> than everybody else. How do I, when you talk about building a sales playbook, when you talk about building a process for someone else to duplicate, number one, how do you get that knowledge out of your head? And two, how do you get the founder over that belief that anyone, no one else is going to do it as good as me? And if I let it go and I delegate it, we're going to get less results.
1: Yes, I think, and I fall victim to that all the time. I recently started another company and I have just <laughs> found myself... A, a, Doing the same patterns, you know, so it's common. Everybody who's fall victim to that, it's 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 normal. Uh, but it's important to you know change change that perception of it. What had worked very well for me lately is just just thinking about like okay, shooting like a little Vimeo video while I'm doing some activity, right? And then having somebody else try to document that in writing as well, and then putting into like a, a wiki or knowledge library so other people can access, ex- ex- access it and what I found is that very often other people are very are better than doing it than, than myself so it's just about having faith trust in your team and enabling them for success not always uh, and also giving giving them some 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 flexibility to do things their own way just tell them here's the desired outcome now you go out and figure it out if they can't figure it out that's when it's good to support but you know master that balance of giving uh, of not micromanaging, but also giving them the autonomy to to, to execute on, on on your playbook, so to speak.
2: You've successfully exited over six companies, at least that I know of. At this point, there may be more. What were some of the things that surprised you the most about that selling, exiting, acquisition process?
1: That it that it's brutal, right? Um, so, if you try to sell to an investment bank or another company, the due diligence process is, is you know, this almost, it can almost kill your, your efficiencies and, and productivity because everything just gets scrutinized and you, you, you're figuring out everything needs to get what is not documented or whatever could be a, a risk or a pitfall. And um, at the same time, you're also giving up your secret sauce. You're basically opening up the, you know your books and everything for another company, and and I tried, for instance, where they went in and basically just you know took all the took all the the golden nuggets that we had and the 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 contract, the agreements, all those things. They had insights to that, and then instead of buying, they just went ahead and and started. It was another big company where they I guess they assessed that investing the money versus investing in in trying to replicate it was favorable for the latter so that's one uh, uh, another is also that a lot of entrepreneurs have a have an unrealistic vision about what the the multiplier could be how much the the company is worth how people will value it they don't factor in their their own contribution uh, and a lot of a lot of companies won't necessarily survive without the founder, or the CEO as well. So making yourself indispensable in that equation as well is, is also difficult. So there's a lot of things to consider, I would say, if you want to go for next thing.
2: There are probably dozens, if not more, of productivity planners, journals, workbooks um, on the market. Everyone from Michael Hyatt to you know Joe Schmo seems to have one. Why did you create one and why is yours different?
1: Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, mine is different because I've used planners for the last 20 years or so. Uh, I almost can't survive without one. I love it. I purchased uh, every single planner there is on the market. Uh, but I found there was not one that basically blended all the, the the best practices. So what I mean by that one is some is very focused on on goals and, and you know, breaking down uh, habits Etc where others is more about journaling and uh, exercise, practicing gratitude so I felt like for me to be fulfilled being balanced as an entrepreneur I feel I have to start my day with exercising some gratitude focusing on other elements of just accomplishing materialistic success or achieving XYC milestone or Kpi is more like what would make today great for me. That if I look back in a couple of years, get an ice cream with my daughter, whatever may it be, small little things like that. At the same time, keep my eyes on the prices for what 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 is what is fueling my motivation. What is my ten year plan? What is what is what do I want to accomplish? So, putting all those things together, one plan I felt was a, a valuable tool, and it came to life a couple of years when I was about to invest in a few uh, mental health and addiction treatment centers, and I was doing a lot of mystery shopping. And I found out that most folks that go to those places, they don't really exit uh, without a plan after a 30-day stay or a 30-day program, they just get thrown back into the real life. And I felt what's missing is like a planner that they can create a plan of action of how they're going to sustain the the, the the newfound happiness and, and direction in life. So that was my motivation.
2: Well, we certainly appreciate it. Full disclosure, not only do we have the book, but I write in my in my planner that you provided every single day. And I had the Michael Hyatt Journal. I had the Freedom and Mastery Journals from John Lee Dumas. I had the RPM from Tony Robbins. Had all of them. Yours is the one I use every day. So Yes,
1: love it. Thank you so much for saying that. And I I have all of the ones you mentioned as well. I've tried them all. all great, by the way, as well.
2: Yes, with all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now?
1: my biggest challenge now is I've entered a, a new industry, a new uh, niche, so to speak. And the, the learning curve has been very steep. Um, it's very exciting. I think that's what what I've been missing the last couple of years in my life. But that's my biggest challenge is basically cracking the code on on, on this new niche, this new vertical I entered. And uh, also because I do have a big Harry Audacious Goal. I said, I'm not just going to open. I want to be the biggest in that category. And then I found there's a lot of different challenges faced. But hey, that's entrepreneurship 101 and 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 I welcome it.
2: For sure. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing?
1: I like the the what I like the most is the that I'm able to impact people. Um uh, that I have a, an influence in in a positive way. Uh, I also put that in my book that I've had a a lot of co- a lot of different businesses, success and failures. Some of them in my early years was just with the objective of making money. Uh, and it, as I got older, I just found that it's it's important for me to also uh, make money while impacting people in, in a positive way, influencing them to to make their life better. So that's what I enjoy the most is that. Uh, it's it's helping a lot of people out of suffering and it's helping a lot of people you know along with their families and and the kids etc so that that's the best part of it that you can combine both making money and contributing
2: that is beautiful for our folks watching or listening who want to learn more where's the best place for them to go to get the book where's the best place for them to go to get the planner and where's the best place for them to go to learn about you
1: thank you uh Obviously, go to social media, my personal website, or go to uh, elevate.io. That's my company website. On the company website, you can find both the, the book and the planner for sale. And I do have a, I do have a, a special gift for the first 50 listeners uh, of, of this show. Uh, anybody who wants to tap into some of these entrepreneurial lessons, you go to my elevate.io. Uh, You go to the book section and you type in shockpreneur in a coupon code and you'll get the book for free discounted from, from $30.
2: Wow. Thank you so much. That is a great offer. We will make sure to drive everyone there to go get their free copy of the book. This has been Seth Green with Gary Garth. Gary, thanks again for joining us.
1: Awesome. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks everybody
2: for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product or service?